for this. What is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Hey, bros, welcome to That's Deep Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I'm your host, Christina Pajitsky. I hope you had a great week, bros. I did. I, you know, I'm growing a person inside of me. I'm, um, I got 10 weeks left on this sentence. And I'm um, trying to lay low, man. I'm, I just, I swim at the pool. I, I spy on other people. I hear a lot of dad jokes. I had a guy hit on me this week at the gym swimming pool. That was pretty cool. Um, he walked by me and he's like, well, why don't you swallow a beach ball? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I obliged with some fake, like, yeah, that's a good one. I, I haven't heard that one. And, um, and he's like, you know, I, I love babies, love babies, love children. Wish, wish mine were still babies. And I was like, oh, that's no. Okay. And then he goes, uh, I just, I love pregnant ladies. I love their glow. That's why I'm flirting with you. And, um, and he swam away. And at that point, like, it took everything inside of me to hold the vomit from my throat. Like, I, I have a little, I have, like, indigestion constantly. But I really was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, is this a thing? And it, it is a thing. Like, I, I've been getting hit on a lot by, uh, by dudes i guess i guess being enormously pregnant is kind of an aphrodisiac i can't imagine it i I just i can't i don't this is like i feel like ironically i feel the least feminine right now than ever and i know it sounds weird because like i'm making a person but i don't feel like pretty or sexy right now just because i i feel like a fat guy because i have this huge belly and you know no i mean i'm looks i'm not saying like oh poor me boo i'm just saying you're I'm awkward. I'm walking around like a big fat guy and I it's just dudes. They're coming they're coming from everywhere right now. It's so gross. Uh so anyways, support my show, please. Shop through my Amazon banner. Um what that means is go to that's deepropodcast.com, click on the banner on my homepage, and like just do your shopping as you normally would. And it kicks back some some coins to my show. I've been ordering um obviously baby crap and um cleaning products and uh what else did i get dude new new leash for the puppy because that little fucker's growing so much and uh it's good it comes it comes like the next day with amazon prime you can't beat that also uh, i know this is a bit last minute but i just got the final confirmation on the booking um october 7th that is i believe tomorrow by the time this drops i'm going to be taping Ari Shafir's This Is Not Happening at Cheetah's in Hollywood. It's 7.30 on October 7th. And um, if you go to my website, thousandranch.com, you can get tickets and uh, put in, fuck, I forget what the code uh, the code is. I think it's four, something. Oh, fuck. You know, I'm sorry. I'm so I'm just organized today. I'm so <laughs> uh Anyway, get, get the tickets there if you're in L.A. Come see me, do Tell a story. I'm going to talk about... Am I even allowed to talk about what I'm talking about? I talk about bullying. Let's let's say that. Growing up in L.A. 
in an incident with a chick here in L.A. And um, that's kind of a good thing. <laughs> what else? October 29th, I'm at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Come see me one night only. I'm going to do the 8 o'clock show. And um, it should be a lot of fun. I'm working on some new stuff. Uh, and I and I hope you can make it. October 29th at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Brea. What a gross sounding word, right? Brea. That's what comes out of your b-hole when you have, I got a bad case of Brea. All right, let's get into it. I'm, uh, oh yeah, I should tell you what the topic is for today. Um, I, I, I'm going to do the topic of saying no. Yeah. Saying no. Because I've done a lot of saying yes, and I, I think there's a spin on people think saying no is somehow negative. Um, it's not really talked about very often because people are afraid of any sort of negativity whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I think saying no is like one of the most positive, life-affirming, fantastic things you can do for yourself. And you're not, I, at least I was never taught to properly do it um, until my adulthood. And I think it's a, it's a learning curve. You learn how to do it. Um, saying no is uh, is very, very, very important and hard as hell to do. So we're going to explore that. Um, yeah, let's explore it. All right, bros, let's get deep on this shit. All right, bros, here we go. No. No. You fucking hear me now. <laughs> the power of no and uh, why is it so hard to say no for people? Um, you know, this topic comes in light of, I just did an interview for a magazine. Hopefully, I, you know, I don't know. I did it. Who knows if it's going to come out. But um, uh, the questions were about the holidays and like how to get out of doing stuff you don't want to do. And um, <laughs> it's funny because I have, a, I have a pretty long history of not wanting to spend the holidays with people I'm related to. So um, I've mastered the art of being like, nah, can't do that. <laughs> and I, I really don't feel a ton of guilt anymore about it. And let me tell you why. Okay. First of all, I didn't ask for my parents to divorce when I was four years old. Uh, I didn't ask for two separate houses with two separate bullshit rules and, um, 
two separate sets of everything and then now you go to mom's house on Christmas Eve and then the next morning I get to wake up and go to my dad's for Christmas Day and then it's like fuck this is terrible like this is not fun for anybody and um, around the age of like I want to say 16 I put my foot down and I said no more bros no more you know what again this ain't my problem this is this is what's known as a YP not an MP. This is your problem, not my problem that you guys uh, messed up your lives with a divorce. How about this? How about I choose one house to go to for the entire holiday of Christmas or Thanksgiving and I do what I want to do? How's that? (laughs) And and it got a lot easier for me. Um, And I would just alternate. Okay, Thanksgiving is here. Christmas is here. Sorry, you know. And as I got married and became an adult, you, you know, your obligation is to your your spouse and to your children and your dogs and your, and whoever, you know, as as you become an adult, it's not to your, your family of origin as they call it in in psychology. Did you know that that's what that's called? Your family of origin, the people who raised you or your family of origin. And, um, you can choose to create your, your family as an adult and and you can decide for yourself. And, And anyway, this article was like, because my first answer so that one of the questions was like how do you say no to flying across the country let's say your you know your family lives in nebraska and um and you want to fly across the country uh, you're sorry they want you to fly across the country to spend christmas with with your mom and dad how do you say no and i thought well fucking no no i'm not doing that it's terrible first of all flying during the holidays is dog shit if you've traveled over the holidays you know what a nightmare it is flights get canceled constantly because of weather because of uh who knows too many people i don't know why everything gets it turns to to utter shite during the holidays and um and i just wrote you know my first response was like nah and she's like well how but how do you say no and you know how don't you you know what if they say this to you then what do you say back to them and it's like you know listen repeat the inner mantra uh, repeat to yourself the truth, which is, I'm an adult. I am an adult human being with a family of my own. I no longer answer to mommy and daddy. And if mommy and daddy want to see me on the holidays, hey man, y'all know where I live, okay? And guess what? California in December is fantastic. Trust me. Way better than Nebraska or or anywhere else in the United States, aside from Florida, I think. Yeah, Florida's cool during Christmas. Like, tr- trust me, you can come with me. Come stay. Not stay with me. No, no, no. By the way, that's another thing. Don't stay with me. But you can come visit. And guess what? You can stay at a nice hotel down the street. Because I don't have, I don't do house guests either. Guess what? I don't do that. There's only, I'd say, a, hand, a very select handful of people that are permitted to sleep on my couch. And these are people I have known from you know, childhood. And I mean it if, you know, maybe one relative who I adore and and then like uh, two or three friends from childhood bros that are allowed to sleep on my couch. Otherwise, I'm a 40 year old woman. Get get your life. You know what I'm saying? I got to, I need my privacy. I got to go to the bathroom 500 times a night and I don't wear underwear because it's too fucking hot. You don't need to see that. You don't need to see what I have. I, I I want my husband to walk around in his boxers and feel normal too. You know, it's just it's the worst. So saying no, why why is it so hard though? And and 
why is it so rife with with guilt? Why why do we feel guilty? Why are we so afraid of saying no to people? And how do you say no? What's the good way to do it? What's the proper way to say no? Yeah, it's a good topic. I know. And I got this idea, man, because I got into Homeland. I finally got into the show Homeland after people telling me how amazed it is. And it's amazing. It's such a good show. I love anything CIA related. I'm, I'm a huge fan of reading books about the CIA and and anything about spying and espionage, I just love it. And I've, I've discovered Homeland and I've watched four seasons of it. I'm sorry, I'm halfway through season four now um, on my Showtime channel. <clears throat> and I just, I love Claire Danes' character. I absolutely love the premise. Uh, you know, what's really interesting about Homeland is that the, the central character, well, one of them, I mean, actually, no, she's the star of the show. It's her face on the poster. Is Claire Danes, um, who's fant- just a fantastic actress uh, who I've loved since forever, and she's a really unlikable character, which you don't see a lot for women because usually in female characters they have to be a fuckable, right? Everybody has to want to fuck you. You have to be agreeable. Um, you can't act like a dude, and she acts like I wouldn't say a dude. I would just say a person. Like she's a three-dimensional uh character she has deep flaws she um doesn't always act feminine or girly or or the right way uh for instance she has a child that she doesn't like doesn't want to care for doesn't want to be a mom which is a really cool like to have in a show like whoa when do you see that you never see the main character being super unlikable and not wanting to care for their baby. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> it's just refreshing. And um, But her unlikability and her boundary setting and her ability to say no and fuck you to people is really cool and makes me like her even more. And why is that? Why are the people we like, we like them even more when they can, can be like, fuck off, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah, Homeland super stoked for for uh season five of that show man hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My dad, I went to lunch with my dad on Saturday. Boundaries, by the way. Boundaries, here's how we do it as an adult. Uh, I make lunch dates with people, okay? We go meet somewhere for lunch. It's an hour, hour and a half, right? Done with lunch, out of there go home we don't make it an all-day hang i don't hang with most people all day can't do that very few people i I have the tolerance for all-day hangs and that's how you do it that's how you see people you enjoy without making it all an all-day horrible fairy choose a place to go finite amount of time back home we're watching homeland on the apple tv so oh what i was going to say about claire danes by the way is that uh (laughs) <laughs> I think she's a, she's a really great actor, but she has the ugliest cry face of any human being 
um, in, in television or film. And it started, I noticed this. Now, my friend David pointed this out to me. I shouldn't say I noticed this. He said this to me in college way back in the day. He's like, yeah, Claire Danes has the ugliest cry face. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, watch Romeo and Juliet. It's a great movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, as David Tell calls him. Uh, Leonardo, <laughs> like he's Italian. DiCaprio, he's a German kid, Leonardo DiCaprio, by the way. But uh, great, great movie. She just has the ugliest damn face when she starts crying, and she does it in Homeland a lot. But I feel like somebody told her about it, because by season four, she kind of reigns in the ugly cry face. So it's not so bad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> by the way, um, I have got a great tip for you about what to do about relatives you do not want lingering in your home or uh, 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 staying around. You know what? I, this guy told me this. My, my hairdresser, he goes, oh, you know what you do? for someone that wants to visit you, you just buy them a hotel. <laughs> uh, he goes, yeah, I mean, look, who's going to pass up a free stay at a hotel? Plus it makes you look like a hero. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's really fucking sneaky and really smart. And who doesn't like free stuff? And it's not like someone's going to look a gift horse in the mouth and be like, what, you got me a free stay at a hotel near you at a... Over Christmas? Okay. I can't be mad at you. So how do you say no? How do you say no? Ugh. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> that's, that's one way to do it. That was the office. Isn't that the best? I want to hear that again. It's no, God! <laughs> No, God, please, no, no, no. That's so good. No. <laughs> oh, God, you hate that. It runs right into the next video. But isn't that how you feel a lot when people ask you to do stuff and, and the inside is screaming like that? But you feel so much guilt and shame that you you cave. I mean, if we've all done it. We've all, yeah, sure, I'll fly to Nebraska. All right, okay. I'll drive three hours on Christmas Day to see you, and then I hate hate spending time with you because you're a miserable sack. So how do you get how do you get from from wanting to say no to actually saying no? Well, I'll tell you. Here's what I did. Uh, very recently, I did this new thing where uh, when I get inundated, for instance, with this is this is kind of not saying no, but being selective. When I get inundated with text messages from people asking me too many questions, I don't answer them all. I've started just being selective about the stuff that I answer. So, for instance, if somebody's like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Where are we going? Um, are, are you going to get the turkey? Am I going to get the bubble gut? And then where are we going to? And then, dude, just like ignore like 90% of those questions and just right back to the one that you think is relevant. Cause I guarantee if you just answer what you want to, that person's, they can't even come back at you because they're like, Oh shoot, this person has boundaries. They're not going to answer all my ridiculousness. I promise you dude, just pick one of the 10 or 20 questions and answer those. Like in emails when people ask me too many questions, <laughs> I'm like, why? Just pick up the phone. Just call me. Why, why are we writing this? You know how long it's going to take me to text back 
every fucking answer to your dumb questions. Don't don't do that. Please do not text me. And whatever you do, do not text me on a Sunday. Definitely not a Sunday. I'd get your life. I barely check my phone on a Sunday. It is a rule I have. Don't expect an answer from me on a Sunday. And in fact, guess what? You don't have to answer people's texts right away. Did you know that? That's right. You don't have to answer somebody's bullshit text right away. You can wait, mm, I would say, a day or two sometimes to answer people. And I think that's amazing. So I was talking to Joey Diaz about mm, two years ago, and he told me something really, really interesting that stuck with me. Um, where were we? Bert, I think we were at Bert's house in the backyard. And he goes, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't do it. Is it? Cocksucker. <laughs> because you got to say no. You got to say no. He goes, I promise you, you say no. These motherfuckers come back after you again and they offer you better shit. You say no. You say no. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought about that. I was like, yeah, what is he talking about? And it took a couple of years for me to really understand um, what the great... Uh, the great Joey Diaz was referring to. And I'll tell you what, what kind of, so since that time I've been discovering the power of no from, from Joey Diaz's perspective. Uh, and he's right. I'll tell you what, in show business or in love, in life, if you can say no, you will be surprised. Sometimes what people come back with, sometimes you're going to get a much better offer. If you have the cojones to say no to the stuff you don't want. Sometimes, however, things do go away <laughs> and you have to be prepared for that prospect. But let's start from, from this angle. So I've been rejected. I, you know, hey, I, get, I got rejected today on something. And I, I will tell you that it does get easier, actually. Failure, rejection, all that stuff. The more you do it, the older you get. You, you kind of realize there's a rhyme and reason to the way things work. And when something is, is said no to, you're said no to at first, your ego can't take it. Is it me? Then I fuck up. I go, again. Yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> right? You go through all that spiraling. But what I've come to realize is when somebody says no to you, uh, I know the sales tactic and the American way is to not take no for an answer. <laughs> well, yes and no. Right? So when one person says no to you for something, Either it can mean it's no, it's not the right time for you. In which case, you're not going to have to ask that motherfucker again because the circumstances of life will come around in your favor so much so that that person has no option but to say yes. What I mean by that, here's an example of that. So I had this happen to me many years ago when I was becoming a feature act. I had no agent. I had no manager. I had nothing. I just had nothing. What I had was a lot of bills and a lot of chutzpah and I was really, really motivated to make money and to, uh, to get myself to be a full-time stand-up comedian. I had just quit my day job and I was making good money. I was making a lot of money for somebody, I believe I was 32 years old when I took the leap of faith to become a full-time comic. And I had a great life at that time. I had a savings account. I had stability. I had health insurance. I had certainty. <laughs> um, 
I had. What else? Oh, I had a great office. Oh, it was in Burbank, and I could look at the hills. I had a huge, beautiful window. Um, I had lunch hours with people. I had a buddy that I got to work with, and we had laughed all day and wrote cool things. And I, I had a job I more or less liked. But in my heart, I was miserable because I knew that there was this thing I wanted to do so bad. I wanted to be a full-time comedian so fucking bad. Oh, my God. So... I remember it was New Year's of 2000, 2007, right before the year I got married, 2008. And 2007 came, it was New Year's, and I turned to my then fiancé, my wonderful husband, Tom. We were driving along in Florida. I'll never forget this. We were in the car, and I said, Tommy, I I can't go back to this job. It's going to kill me. It's going to be the death of me. I cannot do this. I can't. I got to say no. And listen, they were, uh, I was making a lot of money, <laughs> a lot for my age, for, for 31 or 32 at the time. Anyways, uh, I can't do it anymore, I say to him. And I go, I got to be a broke comic for a while. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I got to be a feature act, which is what you do first as a comedian. And lo- if you're lucky, you transition from feature to headliner, hopefully in a few years. I mean, yeah, hopefully in a few years, but it can take much longer. I mean, I know a lot of guys who are, who are feature acts for many, many years before they get a break and before they, you know, get funneled into the the club system. So it's a risk. And my husband was so great. And he was like, well, then you have to, then go do it. Yeah, sure. Let's be poor. (laughs) And we certainly were. I mean, we were very, very, very poor for about, I would say, two years. Two years of just really scary poor. And then by, yeah, 2010, things picked up. And my husband had become a headliner. And I by then, I was a solid feature and I was headlining, you know, D, D rooms, which means, you know, the lesser whatever, but not the big chain rooms. And um, so it worked. But But here's what happened that really taught me the power of no. I was making phone calls on my own behalf. Usually what happens in our business is that your agent books you for for, um, club gigs, right? But I didn't have anybody. So I would just spend my days emailing clubs and then picking up the phone, calling that club and making sure that the club owner got my email. And if there's any feature work I could take and... (laughs) And there's no airfare included? Fine. I'll put on a credit card. And how much is it? It's $300 a week? Uh, absolutely. I'm more than thrilled to do it. You know, you're, you're, you're really working for peanuts as a feature. You go into debt. I must have put like every fucking plane ticket for two or three years on a credit card and went into massive debt. But then you become a headliner and you pay it all down, which it's paid off now. But man, it's the cost of doing business, guys. So... There was this one club owner that I called in the Midwest. I won't say his name, but I absolutely was dying to get into this guy's club. Would love to play this guy's club. And um, so I sent him the email, no response. Sent him another email, no response. <laughs> it was one of those things. And I called him. I left a few messages. Finally, 
I get a hold of this guy. I get him on the phone. And of course, I beg him for a feature spot. Beg him. You know, I list my, my TV credits at the time I was on Chelsea lately or I'd just been fired from it. And, you know, I had, I had stuff. So begging him. And he goes, you know what? I can't do it. I go, what? Why? He goes, well, I don't, first of all, I don't know you. <laughs> he goes, I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. Um, you know, I need these two guys to vouch for you. There's only two comics whose opinion matters to me, this guy and this guy. And if you can't get one of these two guys to vouch for you, you can't get into my club. Now, the best part of that rejection is that he told me why he was rejecting me. And he had the fucking balls to say no to me directly, like a man, man to man. And when I hung up with that guy, I liked him. (laughs) I liked him. I liked him for his honesty. I appreciated somebody just telling me the truth. Because the other club owners, the other bookers were avoidance, avoidant type people. Like they just wouldn't respond or they just wouldn't pick up the phone. And that can make a person crazy because humans, we don't like uncertainty. But if you tell me no and you tell me why, well, that's a lot better psychologically, isn't it? And it's something to deal with and it's something to work with and it's something to hold on to, not just like ambivalence and pussiness. And to this day, you know, obviously it got to the point where the guy had to book me because of, you know, years, I'm saying years later, that obviously I, I, I work with that person now and he had to book me because it, it got to the point where I had agents, I had managers and I had built enough of a name that years later he would book me. So it, I'm telling you, if you get the no now, pr- I promise you if you're meant to do it, it's going to come around again. And at the time I was bummed, but um, again, I, I, re- I respected that guy's no so much and it stuck with me as as, as something so sincere and so good. Now the flip side of that, I had, I was just told no recently and the rejection was so ambivalent and so wishy-washy. Don't you hate that when fuckers like (laughs) they, they kind of backpedal on the no and then they kind of don't want to work through. They kind of do, they kind of do, they kind of do, they kind of do. And then you're left to read between the lines. It's the worst. It's so it's so pussy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fucking say no. And and you don't have to give a reason necessarily, but you are entitled to say no. You're not entitled. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you should say no kindly and directly. I think that's the essence to what I'm saying, kittens, is that just say no for fuck's sake and, and do it with kindness and, and clarity. Don't be wishy-washy. I mean, have you ever broken up with somebody and uh, you break up with that person, you're the person that does the breaking up and then you feel bad. And so you try to console that person, like you become that person's therapist and the person that broke up with them. <laughs> well, how does that work? It doesn't. It sucks. Because it's it's like, it's you can't. You have to choose to be the bad guy. You're the one. You're the one saying, No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yeah, you're, you're the one saying, 
No. <laughs> and that's why you can't be the person that consoles the other person that you just dumped. You just got to dump that fucker and run. You can't be their best friend. You just got to break up with them. <laughs> um, yeah. And why? Okay. So why do we have a hard time saying no? Well, because we're raised to be pleasers. You're taught from the time you're a little kid that you got to say yes to mommy and daddy. And if you say no, there's consequences. You get punished for saying no, which I don't know. Is there any other way to raise kids? I don't, I don't know. Maybe that attachment parenting, maybe what's her name? Mayim, Mayim Blahnik from, from Blossom. Wasn't she on the Big Bang Theory? She's an attaching. My husband was reading me some wacky article about her and, um, you know, never hurting a kid's feelings and all this shit. All this horse shit about, uh, you know, having a kid attached to you the, the whole time and, and, you know, chewing the kid's food and spitting it into its mouth. Okay, so the point is you're raised to be a people pleaser. You're raised to say yes. And if you have an independent thought, it is squashed down, right? That's what school is. School's like prisons. It's set up the same way. There's a bell that rings, you sit down. The bell that rings, you get up. Another bell rings, you eat. You're literally trained to be a prisoner and to work in the corporate machine from the time you're a kid and to 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 uh, to decode. That's not the word I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying, man. To fucking deprogram. That's the word I'm looking for. To deprogram that kind of programming is really, really hard. Um, it's really, really hard. But I'll tell you what happens is that eventually... You can't say, you have to say no, because saying yes feels horrible. You get your boundaries violated enough, and I guarantee you're going to say no. And it is a process. It's, I mean, some people are born saying no. I know great no-sayers. I know wonderfully stubborn people who say no from the very beginning, but I, I was not one of those lucky few people. I have many problems saying no to people. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of it because... Saying no when I was a kid was really scary because it meant that sometimes I get kicked out of my house. <laughs> my mom would kick me out for disagreeing with her or I would, you know, there was, there was punishment, punishment for saying no as a kid. So it took me many, many years of, of sometimes getting taken advantage of or, or not doing, doing the shit that I didn't want to do before I was like, how much more of this are you going to take, Pajitsky? How how many more things are you going to do that you're just not interested in? And what are you so afraid of telling these people no for? Are you afraid it's not going to come around again? Because it will. If it's, if it's for you, if something is for you, it's going to come around again. And I think that is another fear is we fear that if we say no to something in our professional lives or in our personal lives that it's never going to happen again. And this is it. This is the one thing. This is your one shot of happiness, asshole, and you ruined it. You ruined it. But that's not true. We all know that because it just comes around. It all comes around. It all comes around. It all comes around. Not everything. Not everything. Uh, But most, most things. There are some biological things that don't come around again. Uh, Baby making, you got to kind of do that in a timely fashion. Boy, you missed that window. It's tough. I got an under the wire on that one. Yeah. 
But no makes you unlikable. And I think that's what's terrifying is that no makes you the asshole. No uh, means possibly being shunned by by others. And I think that goes against our primal programming. No means you aren't pleasing somebody. It means you're a bitch. (laughs) Now, here's the irony with that is that (laughs) sometimes it doesn't matter if you say no or yes, that person, that person's still going to make your life a living hell, by the way. And they're going to find, if that person's going to talk shit on you and they're going to call you a bitch and make your life miserable, guess what? They're going to do it over something else anyways. It's not going to be the thing you're telling them no to. They're going to be a pain in the ass no matter what. (sighs) Man, man, man. Well, there's also the no's we say to ourselves, right? There's good, there's a positive life-affirming no. There's the no that you say to yourself where you're like, I can't do this anymore, self Um, a lot of people do it with drugs and alcohol. No more self. I am done abusing you. It's called self-discipline, right? Where you say no to the behavior that you can't stand in yourself. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, um, you know, with my Western bacon cheeseburger addiction I had, my mom died. For some reason I found myself, for some reason I was depressed. I was in line at, uh, Carl's Jr., I would, it was horrible. I would, you know, deal with something with my mom. Like I would clean out her apartment or go to the funeral home and then find myself in the Carl's Jr. drive through line. And it was no, it was no accident. I was, I was eating. I was eating to soothe bad feelings. Um, and then I thought, you know what? No more. <laughs> this is not, this is going nowhere really fast for me. I gotta, I gotta curb this. I gotta say no. And I haven't been there since. It's been a month now since I've been through that drive-thru. Now, have I made my own version of it at home? The Western bacon cheeseburger? Yes, I have. Have I bought quality ground beef, though? Okay, organic, yeah. Did I buy turkey bacon? Sure. Did I buy, um, you know, organic panko-covered onion rings and bake them? Yeah, I did. I did all that, and I bought Tony Roma's barbecue sauce too or I had leftover Carl's Jr. ones that I had in the fridge and I I made my own version of it twice since but I I haven't done it anymore okay I don't do it anymore because I know it's not good for me gotta say no to myself but the power of no and here's the positive power of no and I know everybody's like it's a negative every time you say no to a motherfucker or no to some shit you don't want to do it affirms your beliefs your systems, your values, the stuff that you privilege in your adult life. That's what's up. Now, no to some bullshit you don't want to do means yes to you, right? That's another coin in your cosmic karmic bank. That's another coin in, in, your, in the investment of you. And that's huge. That is, that is amazing. Imagine this holiday if you said no to some bullshit you didn't want to do. Saying no to going to that Thanksgiving dinner you don't want to go to. Or maybe you don't want to cook the fucking Thanksgiving dinner, all right? I stopped doing that horse shit ages ago because it's a thankless task. Unless you really want to, yeah, sure. But I haven't had time in the last few years. So either A, I would order it from the local grocery store and look, Thanksgiving dinner, it's there. And do I feel guilty? Fuck no. You know why? Because I work for a living I ain't got time for that shit, and I know most of you don't either, okay? Most of us don't have time. Unless you're lucky enough, I don't know how. I, 
I don't have time for that garbage, okay? And you know what? Even there's a few Thanksgivings where we just didn't do a turkey. We made steaks because I don't like turkey. Turkey's dry. It's dry, and I like the skin. If I could just have like a skin thing, that would be good. I like those sides. I like stuffing, and I like sweet potatoes, and I like pumpkin pie. But I can buy all that shit at the grocery store, man. I don't need to make it. I gotta bust my ass and then clean up after it and everybody comes over and they mess up your house. It's terrible. Oh, thankless. It's a thankless gig to be the host for Thanksgiving dinner. And maybe you don't want to do it. And that's your prerogative, okay? It's like Bobby Brown says, your prerogative. You can say no to all that shit. You don't have to do it. And I know as women, we're pressured. We, we think that we have to be perfect ladies and host things. I, I know we all feel it. My house has to be clean, uh, my kids have to be perfect. Uh, I got to host this. I have to cook the perfect turkey. Everything's got to be perfect, 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 perfect. Let me tell you something. And this is not a knock on dudes. This is a praise and praise of men. First of all, do you think men give a shit if everything isn't perfect in their home or if you're not perfect or if they're not perfect? No. Men, at least the ones I've known, love their imperfection they roll with it they don't care they don't even think about stuff like that not once not once has my husband given me grief because the house isn't decorated enough for christmas or the dishes aren't done to his satisfaction <laughs> that's not a bad that's a bad example some people some guys really like to have clean dishes and my husband's an animal he doesn't but you know what i'm saying dudes tend to let things fall let they let the chips fall a bit more and I'm not saying that's the right way to be either, but I am saying that there's somewhere in between the way women neuro- become neurotic about these things and perfectionism and a way that dudes handle life. If we can just find a balance between women and men and how we do things, it would be fantastic. Fantastic. Because I can't take the pressure, man. I can't. I can't take the pressure of being a perfect 1950s wife. Uh, it's too much. It's, it's miserable. It's miserable. I, I don't know who enjoy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you enjoy it. You, good if you do. Oh, fuck, I can't do it. No, but anyway, saying no to all that stuff affirms my own beliefs and values, which are, you know what? I, I'd rather spend my time just talking to my husband and to the people I do enjoy and drinking and petting the dogs and, uh, and having meaningful conversation, you know? Because that's, to me, a priority over whether or not the dinner was perfect and the, the table looked amazing and all this, that. So and that's just me, but that's my belief. It doesn't have to be yours. Obviously saying no is fantastic because it prevents you from being taken advantage of by others. Huge kittens, huge kittens. Listen to you. Listen to your mommy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I've worked for several people in my life before I was not even as a comic, um, if you give them an inch, these sociopathic slave drivers will take a mile. And I know you're sitting in your cubicle right now. Maybe you're at that job right now where some psycho boss will take advantage of you if you let them. Little stuff like, can you stay 10 minutes late? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's not a problem, even though it is a problem. Maybe you had plans. Maybe you're a single person. This used to kill me when I worked at companies and I was single. I didn't have a husband or any obligations. And they go, my boss would actually say to me, yeah, but you're not married. You don't have children to go home to. What, what are you going to do? And in my head, I was like, none of your fucking business what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to eat my hog and What do you care? None of your business. It's my time. It's me. And I choose to invest in me. But I didn't say that I would stay late, of course. And then before you know it, 10 minutes later, became an hour later, became two hours later, became all of a sudden I was working Saturdays now. <laughs> working Saturdays. And all because I couldn't say no. All because I didn't have the cojones to to say, I, I don't want to do this. I'm not interested in this. You don't pay me enough. My pay grade ain't that high, bro, to give up on me. Okay? Take the vacation that's stored up. And I know if you if you work for an employer, a lot of you have vacation time. That's yours. Take that shit, man. Take it. Say no. Say say to your boss, I'm listen. I have this time saved up. I'm going to take it in two months from now, this, this X amount of days. And when the time comes, you take it. You say no to whatever dramas happen. Because guess what? The fires are always going to happen. There's always something going on at a company that you need to handle right away. And you're invaluable and blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Do you own that company? No? It ain't your problem? Then get the fuck out of there. Go take your vacation. Okay? Because you do not make enough money uh, to be worried about CEO problems because you got, you got your little worker problems to deal with, okay? You got to take care of you. Plus, it makes you a better employee. You got to take time off, dude. Take the vacation time that they've given you. You've earned it. It's yours. Use it. God damn it. That made me crazy, man. Also, say no to doing things you, you don't agree with morally. If there's somebody asking you to do some shit at the job that you don't want to do, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. A lot of people will uh, encroach on your space. I remember when I worked in um, in offices, there were people, I love talking to people. I love ner- learning about their uh, lives. This is back when I was that person. Now I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. But I loved hearing people's dramas, especially at the office, because first of all, what's more entertaining than people's problems? Because you don't want to do your job. You want to listen to other people's problems. It's way more interesting. And um, I became like the therapist uh, at every company I worked at. <laughs> I think it was avoidant behavior, obviously. I was not wanting to do the job I had been hired to do. It was far more entertaining to be people's therapist. So uh, eventually I had so many people in my cubicle all the time <laughs> talking to me. I had one time I had a guy when I worked at this company um, come out to me in my cubicle as gay and it was so rad (laughs) it's like you just came out to me oh my god like it happened on the clock it was so funny um i've had people confess to being pregnant and wanting an abortion and in in my cubicle at work and it got to the point where the boss kind of noticed and i was threatened disciplinary action blah 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 and it was one of those things where i had to tell people no i had to say you know what? I care about you, but I'm sorry if you come into my cubicle and tell me your live drama. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. And of course, I would just I would let them do it again and I got fired. Which ended up being the best thing for me. But the point is, maybe not for you. You got to tell people no. You got to set boundaries. Otherwise, even well-meaning people will take over and take over your life. And they don't mean to. They're just sweet people who need guidance or don't we all need guidance no's protect you 
from abuse by other people. You know what I'm talking about. Usually the people we're closest to often um, invite the ugliest communications. Is that not the truth? I mean, usually it's the person you're close to that can say the most whack stuff to you because we, you know, the people closest to us can evoke strong emotions from us. You know what I mean? And it's also the people we fear losing the most. So because out of fear of not wanting to lose that person, sometimes we don't want to say no. And that's exactly the person we need to exercise the most no (laughs) over is the person closest to us. But it's scary because you don't want to lose that person in your life, do you? Sometimes you do. There's some people I wouldn't mind losing. Um, Like I said, too, there's people that will persist no matter what. Beware of them. People that you say no to. And they're like, no, I'm I'm not going to take no for an answer. And be like, well, you're going to be here a long time, asshole, because I going to say shit. Okay, so... Let's say you're afraid of saying no. I got this from some article on psychology. Uh, okay, the power of no psychology today. Because I figured it's hard. It's not easy. So if you're like thinking about how to get started on the road to no, there's are some great ways. And I actually started doing this unconsciously without even realizing it. And it really helped. Is that no matter what, and I mean it, no matter what, when somebody asks you to do something, something or whatever, okay, anything, always, always, always say, I'll think about it. Or let me think about that. Let me think about that. Just start doing this. This is all you have to do. If you have a problem saying no to people, start there. Hey, Christina, do you want to come over for Thanksgiving dinner? Let me think about it. I'll get back to you, but let me think on it a while. First of all, it makes you look like Somebody that's got some stuff going on, right? Like, I, don't, I just don't jump at every invitation. And um, it gives you a pause because no matter what, you should go home and think on it. Meditate on it, whatever, whatever. Even if it's something that you think should be a kind of reflex, reflexive, reflectionary, reflexive, yes. Not all the time. Pause, just press pause for a while. And then if you don't want to do it, then you say, No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> and then I always get the next video in there. Shit. You get my point. Always press pause. Always say, I'll think about it. Um, and if you don't want to come out and just say no, you can say, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm just not comfortable with that, which is the truth. I, I just recently had to do that with somebody uh, I was very close to. I had to say, you know what? I'm not comfortable uh, discussing that. Not comfortable with that. And I don't think anyone can dispute you if you're just honest, which is that's super honest, right? Like, guess what? I don't, I'm not com- That makes me feel gross inside. Um, I'd prefer not. That's another way. It's a little formal. Yeah. This one's my least favorite, but it's kind of effective when you just say, let's agree to disagree here. It's very corporate-y, but some of you are in the corporate world, and so 
maybe that is the way you have to phrase that stuff. Let's agree to disagree here. Let's agree to disagree. Put a pen in it and circle back. Can I get that icon in the cornflower blue? Oh, this one's neat. This is from the psychology magazine. <laughs> That's a good slash nice slash interesting plan, but I won't be able to. That's a really neat idea. So that way you can validate that person's feelings. So they don't feel rejected, but then you can be like, I won't be able to, I've got all these other commitments. And then you can refer to your commitments to others. That's why having children is imperative because that's like, that's a get out of jail card for me. I'm going to use that shit constantly. I can't, I got to take, I got to take the baby to uh, surfing lessons. Ah, I can't, I can't. Me, me and the kid, we're playing darts. Um, you can appear like a super cool person, like a nice self, like selfless or uncaring person. If you do refer to your conflicting obligations to other people, for instance, I mean, this is a great card to play. God, you know, I just, I would love to help you move. I really would. Nothing would give me greater joy than to pack up your belongings, box them up, tape them up, and then move heavy furniture for you. Um, but I can't because I gotta, I gotta take, I gotta take my mom uh, to the Dodger game. She loves the Dodgers. And I'm such a good daughter that I take my mom to Dodger games. Why, why are you asking people to help you move? Okay, here's the rule. If you're over, I would say 30, you need to pay for movers. I get it if you're in your 20s, dude, you're exempt. If you're listening to this and you're a college student, absolutely ask your buddies. If you're in your 20s, you get a license to help people, to ask people to help you to move. If you're in over 30, fuck you. Fuck you for asking me. I'm, I've never, I won't do it. I don't do it, by the way. I, I, if, you've, if you know me in real life, you know that I have never helped you move. <laughs> you know why? Cause, cause I'm not helping you. I'm not asking you to help me move. And that's part of the bargain is that I pay for movers. I always have. And, um, I won't, I won't, I won't help you move because I'm not, I'm never going to ask you the same favor because I just pay. I just fucking pay for it. What, what are you doing? Why are you asking your friends to, to ruin their weekends and, and, and break their backs uh, uh, to pack up your shit and move it? Are you out of your mind? God, what, what kind of friend asks you to help them move? I think to me, that's an enemy. That's an f- enemy. God. So uh, there's nothing worse than moving. First of all, why would you want to put your friends through that crap? God, don't ever ask me to help you move. I'll never help you. I will never help you move. I'll sit there and drink and I'll coach you. <laughs> And don't invite me to your kids' birthday parties. That's another thing. Please, for the love of Christ, what what am I going to do as an adult at a child's birthday party? Um, what what am I going to do? Clap at the cake? Uh, no, it's not happening. It's never going to happen. <sighs> Anyways, it's oh oh. This article says to rehearse saying no. That's kind of true, actually. My shrink and I sometimes do scenarios of like, and what would you say if that person baba be boba? And then I go, I would say, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> Very good, Christina. Very good. So that's it. That's all I have for you today, bros. I 
I hope this was helpful for you. I it's just a topic I've been thinking of because um, I'm gonna have to say no to people pretty soon, and I've been said no to very recently. I mean, I, pretty much every fucking week somebody says no to me. It does get easier with age. Uh, but before I go, I want to share a song for you. This came in through your mom's house, and I. You know, I, it's, I feel like it's appropriate for both podcasts, for That's Deep Bro and for um, Your Mom's House. Um, I was torn whether or not to play it on this show, <laughs> but it's it's so good. So this was submitted um somebody named Stocky Poppy. Stocky Poppy. It's up on SoundCloud. Apparently, this is Modest Mouse's new jam. I didn't even know they came out with a new song, but... But here's a remix. I'm going to take you out on this. Um, Have a great week. Say no to some bullshit you don't want to do. Don't you have to do everything. Save your time, man. Your time is precious. You don't have a whole lot of it. Trust me. It goes by so fast. Make every day as as pleasant as you can by doing the least amount of bullshit you got to do. You know, it's bad enough that we have to go to work and we have to earn money to live. It's crazy that we have to do that. Why fill your day with shit you don't want to do? Don't go to lunch with people you don't like. Little things, right? You know that coworker's going to come around. She's going to ask you to go get sandwiches at that place you hate or the burrito place that you fucking hate. Just say no. Make something up. I'd prefer not to. I'd love to, but I'm already going with Kevin. All right, here you go. So here's the here's that new modest mouse you guys want to hear. Okay, guys, until next time, that's been Deep Bros. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke. Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. 
it is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.